quick content note here before we begin this episode of What Am I Rolling? This episode's one-shot, Shadow of Mog, is a politically-themed RPG, which focuses on survival and exploration. As such, we'll be touching on various mature themes and perhaps some dark and difficult subject matter, which some listeners may not wish to listen to. Specific content warnings for this one-shot include politically motivated violence, body horror, and dystopian themes. If you aren't in a good headspace just now and want to avoid these topics, please feel free to skip any part or all of this one-shot. Thanks again, and stay safe, my friends. Hello, and welcome to What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week, I'm joined by my friends David, Ben, and JT for Shadow of Mog, the post-Brexit RPG written by Paniotis Lines and published by Leyline Press. Shadow of Mog is a post-apocalyptic tabletop role-playing game set in the London Underground following a catastrophic occurrence known only as The Event. Players take on the role of mostly ordinary members of the British public as they eke out survival in an underground society turned inward against itself. Our party members will need to use their hench, dash, noggin and bants in order to survive this brand new world. You can find out more information about Shadow of Mog and get your own copy on the Leyline Press website. That's leyline.press. I'll put a link to it on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. So... As you may have guessed it, this one-shot is a little bit different to our previous one-shots, as I ran it live for the Drunken Storyteller podcast on their Twitch channel. This episode's audio was taken from that live stream and has been edited down for time and to take out the midstream breaks. You can watch the original, unedited stream on the Drunken Storyteller YouTube channel. A massive thank you to the Drunken Storyteller podcast for allowing me to run this particular one-shot on the Twitch channel. The Drunken Storyteller is a podcast where David, who plays Bobby in this one-shot, explores the world's myths, legends and stories, whilst while having a few drinks. If you're interested in diving deep into folklore, then I highly recommend checking this podcast out. At the beginning of the stream, we go through character creation, and then I summarise the core mechanics for the players as we get to them. Here's a few things to listen out for. Everything the party does in Shadow of Mog is voted on and then resolved by the party as a whole, not the individual. This comes in two stages. The vote, where the characters vote for the course of action, and the resolution, where that action is resolved. In the vote stage, a player must make a proposition to be discussed by the party and then voted on. The vote is then counted by the speaker, aka the GM, and the result is enacted if the majority votes for it. Depending on the proposition being accepted, it can also be enshrined into the party manifesto, i.e. such an act does not require voting in future in order to enact it. If the proposition is rejected, then another proposition may be made, but this new proposition must be different from the former one. In the resolution stage, party members may be required to make party resolution roles in order to enact the course of action they've chosen. Here, each member has to create a dice pool of d6s, which will be rolled from a combination of their stats, skills, stuff, and mates. In addition, a number of dice equal to the party's anxiety are added together to form a separate d6 pool, which will be rolled by the speaker. Whilst keeping all the dice separate, the party must look for the highest die result amongst all the dice rolled, including the party anxiety dice. If the highest result was a 6, the party action has succeeded. If the highest result was a 5, party action partially succeeds, but at a cost. If the highest result was a 2, 3 or 4, party action fails. And in the unlikely situation that the highest result of all the dice was a 1, well, the party action critically fails, with severe consequences. In fact, rolling a 1 in general in Shadow of Mog can lead to dire consequences for party members, depending on which die was rolled. For example, rolling a 1 could lead to reducing an important stat, breaking equipment, or losing mates. If a 1 is rolled on the party anxiety dice, the party action has failed irrespective of other die results, and the speaker must roll a d6 plus party anxiety on the party upper lip table. This represents the party going into panic, leading to severe consequences. There are so many cool and interesting game mechanics, which unfortunately didn't come up on the stream, and also I don't really have time here to cover them all. However, 
If you want to know more, I highly recommend checking out Shadow of Mog from Leyline Press. I think some of the mechanics are really interesting and I wish I had more time to go through them and play them. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one-shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. So, without further ado, let's play Shadow of Mog. Well, hello, uh, good evening, and remain indoors, everyone. Welcome to Shadow of Mog, a post-Brexit apocalyptic game. Uh, I've been joined by three amazing players, which will go around and introduce themselves in a second. But before we begin, as you could probably tell from the title, there's some dark themes in this game. Um, so if you are not in the right headspace to be watching a dystopian, politically sort of heavy game, and I say that in a sense of like, the world's on fire just now. Lots of things are bad happening. And so a lot of people use RPGs as an escapism thing to get away from the stuff. We're going to use this as a setting, but at the same time have our own sort of dark humor comedy going throughout it. It's Imagine this game, is it's very similar in tone to Paranoia, uh, but also if you're thinking of Monty Python's Brazil, that sort of thing. Well, that's what we're sort of aiming for with this game. However, if you're not feeling that sort of tone just now, it's too hot. Totally fine. That's absolutely fine. But just giving those warnings up top. Um, but before we go into the actual game itself and making our own characters, because everything is randomly generated in Shadow of Mog, I'm going to go around my uh, players and I just want them to introduce themselves, share their pronouns if they need to, and where they've, you know, maybe do a quick social plug at the beginning. Just get that out of the way. And uh, we'll go <laughs> like that. So if we go with uh, Ben, then JT, and then David, let's take it away. Hello everyone, I'm Ben, uh, regular on Drunken Storyteller and various other streaming sites. Uh, I use they, them pronouns, and uh, yeah, you can usually find me on various places where RPGs are bought and sold, um, <laughs> publishing various things or working for other people. Uh, currently no projects to pimp right now, but yeah. Brilliant, thank you very much. Uh, JT, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everybody, uh, my name is JT. You can find me on Twitter at Zensomancer, and my pronouns uh, pronouns are they or he. Uh, and I also do not have anything else to plug in it. Finally, last but by no means least, David. And a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> a ghost every now and then appears over my shoulder. Um, yeah, so uh yeah, this this is my this is my channel. If you don't know who I am, then what are you doing here? Welcome to my channel. <laughs> What are you doing here? Um, yeah, this is my channel. I I do random gaming stuff here. Uh, this is a novelty for me to actually be playing in a game. I do things here, and we'll we'll cover everything else later. Uh, pronouns he they they're at the top. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. Get that all. Get the all awkwardness out of the way because I'm gonna have to read something to you folks now. So I've got to I've got to do my reading voice. So apologies in advance. <laughs> So Shadow of Mog is a post-apocalyptic role-playing game set in the tunnels of the London Underground following a catastrophic occurrence known as The Event. The inhabitants of the tunnels have different opinions, memories and experiences as to what The Event was. What is known is that life persists within the London Underground now. The survivors have brought their divisions, factualism and petty grievances into this new world, exacerbated by the isolation, fear sudden close quarters, lack of food and comforts, and the ever-present fear of things twitching in the corner of their eyes. One would hope that the people would band together in this sort of a blitz spirit. One could be wrong. Most survivors have separated into small groups known as parties, governed by their own manifestos. The majority of parties are democratic, clinging to this method of governance, even in the face of the apocalypse. These players are playing members of one such party. So what we're going to do first, we're going to just create our characters. So this is a great thing about uh, Shadow of Mog, or Curse of Smog, as I keep saying it in my head for no reason at all. We're going to do character creation. What's great about uh, this particular RPG is it mostly uses D6s for making uh, rolls and everything else. So I would like everyone to roll 2D6 for me, please, or a D66, essentially, and let me know what they get. Actually, we'll, go, we'll go around in order once everyone's uh, rolled. Okay. So what did you get, Ben? 64. 64. So, Ben, your character's class is a baker. So, I'll risk ahead and I can read that little thing out for you. Okay. Right at the back. Ah, there we go. So, uh, Mary Berry's got the job. So, why don't you get a job? 
<laughs> so that's on page 40 of the PDF then, if you've got, got that it. to hand. Yep. No worries. Uh, JT, what did you roll, my friend? Rolled a 36. 36. Oh, you are Jezza's people's front. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. That's, you know what? Remember what we said? Whatever you think it is, it's true. So okay. we must unite behind the people's champion. And that's all you get for that. And that's on page 24 <laughs> of the document. And finally, I love the fact that you don't know what that is. That's going to make it so much better. Yeah, exactly. And David, what did you roll, my friend? Uh, 32. 32? Oh, David. <laughs> you, are, you are HSBC chief exec. <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> HSBC chief exec. <laughs> I'm the first one to, to on, on the spit, yeah? Yeah, you're pretty a, much. I say, you're a banker. David. You're a banker. You're a banker, yes. you're uh, a banker I'm a masturbator, and Jez is going to have to work out what's going on. They have no idea how hard you worked for all you had, and now everything has gone to shit. <laughs> Brilliant. And that's on page, uh, if you've got that, David, but I can read that out for you as well. Uh, it's page 20 on the PDF. Well, we'll come to that as and when I've got I, enough. I, I've got, I've, I can read it out for you. Actually, I'll probably use you as an example then because I have it to hand. So <clears> next step is that you determine your character's stats. Each character has four stats. You have Hench, which is your character's strength. You've got Dash, which is your agility, nimbleness, ability to shoot weapons and move silently. You have Noggin, which is uh, your awareness of the environment and other people, as well as the, uh, your ability to think on your feet. And then finally, you have Bants, which is your silver tongue, uh, your presence and appeal, and how the denizens of the underground react to you. Bantle. So for each of the... <laughs> Batter. Uh, so for each of the you have four numbers there's three two two and one i want you to assign them to whichever one you would like and as this may be a bit obvious but i'll just say it, the higher number you have the better your character is in that area so for example if you put three into hench that means you're very good at strength if you put one into hench you're not as good at it I, i'm going to put one in bants but he thinks that he has the bounce because he's rich <laughs> and has been a chief exec and everybody's always listened to him throughout his entire life. So he thinks he has the bounce. See, I, yeah, I, I see. I would thought you put like one into Noggin as a result of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's made his millions. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of sense in that. He knows he, he has intelligence. He's just used it badly. <laughs> All right, so once you folks have done that, we'll go on to step three, which is noting down your stuff. So each character class has a set of items. I want you to note them down on your character sheet. So for you, David, if I rush back to that this PDF, stuff. it's a stuff. <laughs> HSBC. So your stuff, David, you have a briefcase stuffed with worthless sterling notes. Uh, you have a Rolex watch and an empty, <laughs> an empty bottle of Glenfiddich's. <laughs> Why? Glenfiddich is a bad whiskey. But it's empty. It's a cheap whiskey. And if you've got uh, resource, something called party resources on your sheet as well, let me know in a second and we'll put them on the party manifesto sheet when we get there. So for David, we have one molly, which again, I'll go into what that is in a second. <laughs> I have a molly. Yeah. David, you also <laughs> get on, on this thing, so you've also got some weapons and armour as well. Your armour is an Amani suit and <clears throat> your weapons are keys to the Mercedes, which I quite like. So make a note of those as well. Um, actually, let's go around. Like, um, so JT, what items have you got? Um, it looks like my my stuff. Yeah. Uh, is a cucumber sandwich. <laughs> um, a stack of leaflets. Yep. And a notebook, pen, and pencil. Perfect. Do you have any armor or weapons at all? I assume no, because I don't see. It will, I... There will there'll be little subheadings on the page. If not, that's totally. Fine. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I have a Bake Off winning cake. I have a rolling pin. There's actually a cake. I have a bag of flour. And perhaps most importantly, I have jam roly-poly. Lovely. Oh. Mm, mm -hmm. You're my friend. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So with that, when you've noted all that down as well, uh, do, you, uh, do you have any armour or weapons? No. Nope. No, okay. <laughs> no, I do have a weapon. My rolling pin is actually a cake. Apparently also counts as a weapon. 
perfect. Okay, just make a note of that as well on the sheet. Um, so in addition, each class has certain resources that they can bring to the party. Note that these combined values on the party's record sheet. So this, I know JT is looking after this. So on the record sheet, we have our party resources. We have, she says, trying to find it. We have Scran, which is basically your food and water supply. You have Gubbins, which is like basically like the currency, but also can up uh, to mend weapons and stuff. Meds, which straightforward should be healing stuff. Uh, slugs, which is actually ammunition for weapons. Uh, and juice, which is very important. It's to help you light the way and also help with any electric uh, equipment, essentially. So I know David has one in... Oh, Molly's not on that page either. There's also Molly as well. So we've got one in Molly anyway. So we'll put that in there. Uh, JT, any party resources that you have to share with us? Yes, I have uh, one scran and one juice, which I have added to the sheet already. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. And Ben, have you got any I have, uh, I have four scran. Four scran. Oh, mm -hmm. excellent. Four scran, no gubbins, <laughs> no meds. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I, I bring the party, so don't worry about it. Sure, sure. <laughs> hey, you got food though, guys. Well done. So what that we means food is that... And we got mollies. Um, isn't that enough? Isn't that all we need? That's, that's not what we need. So with all, as you can tell, these sort of party resources, that, you know, they can fluctuate. You might need to meet some people. We might need to trade and stuff. So for each sort of number, so we've got a number between one and five, that denotes the actual, uh, how much of that resource you have. So actually having five means a D12. And we'll go on to that when you use this sort of thing. If you ever roll a one on a resource, it goes down to the next level of the dice. So if you rolled a one on the D12, it'll go down to the D10. And on a D4, if that goes down to one, it goes down to nothing. I didn't get what uh, David's character has for party resources. One molly. Oh, just one molly. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, one molly. These these high exec people don't really do much. In it's almost else. like they take more than they give back. Why uh, do something like that? Yes. Yes, yes you would. <laughs> So next up in the character creation uh, is mates. Certain classes start the game with mates. These are non-playable characters who join your character. Note them down along with their value. So does wow. anyone have any mates? I'm going to tell you, uh, David doesn't. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a baker's assistant, which is rank one. Really? So you would add that Why to your sheet? does it not sheet? surprise me I don't have any mates? <laughs> so you can add that to your sheet. Then. I have them, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, JT, do you have any mates you want to add to your sheet or can add I to your sheet? I do not. Oh, that's a shame. You think Jezza's People's Front would have mates, but... I thought they would have done. I thought they'd have had a, a few people around. Uh, the next step would be adding personal details. Um, so this is where you would you know, finally name the character, choose their gender, age, preferred pronouns, and briefly describe their appearance. What I would say in terms of age, just so that you know, you can have people in the teens. So you know, however age. If anyone is under eighteen, just to let you know, they can't. They can participate in the game, but they can't vote. It's very, <laughs> very important later on. So I would suggest, because there's only three of you, maybe being a little bit older than 18, just pointing it out there. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of being the chief exec of HSBC and only being 16, thank you very much. <laughs> That's your own little history. It would make it. a lot of sense. A lot of... Daddy Actually, didn't no. set me up for this role at all, we no. About, we're right on HSBC, but I would like to point out one thing that they are really doing, which people should be aware of. HSBC are making an active stance on financial abuse situations, and you, I can, saw. Go into, you can go into their places. So props to HSBC for that one thing, and that one thing only, but props to HSBC for that. Yeah, they've got a really good campaign actually on that. Just yeah. now, sort of things like that. What I'll do, if we'll, we'll you, I'm sure we can finish off the actual character creation stuff, like the the personal details and stuff in the break. But the final thing is that we got form party bonds. So each character will have a question at the bottom of the, of the the page that associates them with another member of the party in some way. Before we begin the game, we have to go around and make those party bonds. It's a bit like fiasco in those sort of relationships. So everyone will have a relationship or a bond with at least one other person. So if JT could you if you're okay to start um can you read out your question and then pick either ben or david to have that relationship with yes uh you got into an aggressive social media argument with one of the party members who was it and what was it about oh so now i have to figure out what jezza's people from mean to me to have any yeah. concept to what this means i definitely got in a twitter fight with uh with the the executive at uh, hsbc though <laughs> um but what would it be about? 
I have, I literally have no, I even tried Googling Jezza and I wasn't getting good. You won't get it. Yes, it's a bit old reference. There are a couple of options it could be to provide you context from British culture. It could be Jeremy Corbyn, which it most likely is going to be. It could be Jeremy Kyle, wow. which would be oh. a funnier option. And the funniest option is it could be Jeremy Hunt. Oh, I was going to say Jeremy Clarkson, but okay. It could also like, be Jeremy Clarkson. But they didn't get something the, to do with the, um, it's the whole the, the whole thing does come from Jeremy Clarkson originally, but also uh, Jeremy Corbyn as well. Mm. But okay. again, in, in this world, though, JT, it can be any fight about anything. Mm-hmm. So... What would it? What would you like it to be? Or oh, we can come back to you if you need. If you need a bit more time, mine's yeah, a bit more yes, straightforward. Yeah, like yeah. Let me think about that for a second. Not a problem. Okay. Uh, then, then, yeah. what's your question? Then, yeah. So, uh, my my question is: I baked a special cake for someone in the party. Who was it? What was the cake? And what was the occasion? Ooh. Oh, you nice. Um, so I am playing Maggie, who's a 67-year-old Scouse grandma of seven. And so I think I baked a cake for the executive. It's a very special cake. It's a cake in the shape of a guillotine. It's got a fondant <laughs> uh, version of all the executives who've had their uh, heads all chopped off in, the, in a basket. And it was uh, for their recent birthday. <laughs> well, thank Amazing. you. Amazing. Such detail in the visceral blood there. Well, it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, red velvet um, with with uh, strawberry jam to represent yep. your uh, your blood that blood. is spilling out. Yeah, yeah. My sweet, my that. sweet blood. Well, absolutely. So. You'll notice there's also some on your hands to reference the amount of blood that you uh, that you have on your hands. Actually, I'm going to change it on scale, so I'm going to change it to, uh, to West Country, because I can do that accent for another grandma. That'd be fine. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to go to David now, because I realise that both David and JT will have a special power, because you've got uh, an assistant, Ben. Mm. Uh, or Maggie, I shall call you now, because you've named yourself. Uh, so we'll do David next to give uh, JT a little bit more Could time. Could you tell so. me what my question is? I will. That's why I'm just looking for it now. Okay, so your this is your special ability first. As I said, you've got this, David. Uh, special ability is called Jammy. Things just seem to work out for you. Once per day, when you roll a one on any die, you may re-roll it, which I quite like. Um, but your character question uh, is, one of the party members defaulted on their subprime mortgage loan that you authorised. They lost their home and all their savings. Who was it and what did you spend your four, your four million annual bonus on? And this is this is this can link quite nicely into JT's Twitter mm-hmm. war. Yeah. I did it to JT. I, t- I took your home, and this is where I maybe where our Twitter war came into it. Um, you were one of many people that I foreclosed on, and you got into a Twitter war with me about you losing your home. I've taken it weirdly personal. Like you personally <laughs> took my home from me somehow. Yeah, and I'm living in it now or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think you were before the event, perhaps, because you know, and everyone's in the tunnels just now. But what did you spend the four million annual bonus on, though? The Mercedes. <laughs> just, just the one Mercedes. It's a the vintage, Mercedes. It's a vintage Mercedes. I'd like a really high top end Mercedes, all the shizzle and fizzle and bling and yeah. Uh, Diamantes. Yeah, you still remember it, but now you only have the keys with the electronic. You got the electronic fob, which you know when you go towards a Mercedes, it will open. But you've not seen a Mercedes in some time. (laughs) And then finally, I I listen out for that. Click, click, (laughs) brilliant. And JT, uh, so I'll read out your special ability, and then you can do your question. So your special ability is the splitters. The people's front of Jezza have a minus two to reaction rolls when encountering your party. So that's, that's if other uh, Jezza's people front uh, and uh, sort of meet with you. If the people's front of Jezza are in your party, you must vote against any of <laughs> you must vote against any of their proposals out of principle. Good to oh, know. Sorry. Is this a Monty Python reference? Are there multiple versions of Jezza that we need to be aware of with slightly different manifestos? It's yes. the people's front of Judea facing yeah. the, the... Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. So there's the people's front. So on, if you've rolled a 35, it's the people's front of Jezza, and on a 36, it's the Jezza's people's front. So, yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but your character question, though, JT, go for it. Yeah, so uh, I got to an, uh, an aggressive uh, social That's media it. argument with 
with uh, David. Uh, I didn't get your character's name yet. If you can... I, I've not thought of one oh, yet. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I think, I think Ben's yeah. super on it, so don't worry. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> yeah, so who has it was about? Yeah, you literally uh, foreclosed on my home and then started living in it somehow in the uh, in sort of the pre-chaos of, <laughs> of the event. Just before um, this, this person tried to buy Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then tried to go back on it. And brilliant. Yeah, and then the event happened. Maybe, maybe he had something to do with it. Mm. Oh, well, we can't we, we can't talk about the event. That's the whole point. You, no one knows. It's all different things. But that essentially is it for character creation. The final, final thing I would love for us to decide upon is what is your party's name? What's the name that you're under? Uh, as in, like, just a random party make up a name. Make up a name. Political party. It thing doesn't have or... to be political. It's whatever. What you know? Like, again, we could talk about the backstory sort of in it off camera. But I'm thinking, like, what's the like? You know, if, if I say like a party of adventurers, usually have a, like a cool name. What would it be for ah. this for this party? It doesn't have to be a real political party just now. It could be anything. Maggie's minions. How does how does minions find? Minion. <laughs> I mean, you could always go for gentle minions. Oh, <laughs> I think, I think it, so. Again, it's a cultural reference, but if you've not been on TikTok recently, people are dressing up to go <laughs> see the Minions film. So, and they're called Gentle Minions as a result. Just going to call myself Bobby because that's easy. Bobby, Bobby is nobody's minion. Bobby with a Y. Uh, and uh, can I ask Bobby's pronouns? Uh, very much a he/him. Very yeah. much the the alpha male. God, I want to kill him already. The kind of person <laughs> that I really despise in every, every kind of manner. JT, I don't know if you've got a preference for, for your name and pronouns for your character. Jason Heham. Jason Heham. 31. Idea for the People's Friend of Jezza, which is yep. not me. Both of them are think that the other one is trying to uh, use time travel to go back in time <laughs> to keep Margaret Thatcher in power, but both of them are trying to go back in time to make sure she never becomes PM in the first place. But that neither I nor anybody else knows which of these random people named Jeremy is actually the good one. I cannot tell you how much I fucking love that and will do everything is, in my is, power is to make you time travel now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute genius idea. Brilliant. Okay, well, I guess we could we could have a, maybe go away and have a think about what the party name, what, what your group is called, essentially. But that is character creation. That is us all done. So I suggest we take a quick break, grab a drink, get immersed in these characters, and then we'll be back to playing. Yes, hello, good evening, and remain indoors. So... <laughs> So this party is known as the Ramonas. I'm going to get you guys to introduce yourselves, like what, what you look like, if you wish to do that, any little bit of personal detail. If you want to go over the bonds again, we can do. But I thought I'd just quickly talk about how this game is going to work. So as we are underground, uh, in the London underground, we are going to be moving around a not accurate map of the underground. I have to say that straight up. But we're going to get from uh, from basically one area to another area through a plot hook that I rolled earlier, essentially. And and as we go through that, we'll you know they will find encounters. They'll have to decide who eats and all that sort of thing. But basically, the main mechanic is this: whenever anything anything has to happen in the sense of like what direction they need to go in, if we're going to fight someone, anything like that, there is a vote. One of the party has to give up a proposition to be like, we should do this. And then I have to go around to each of the members of the party, asking them what their view is on this proposition. Then we go around and vote for it. And then the majority votes, it wins, and it goes forward. If it doesn't win, then that vote is rejected. And then another proposition has to go up ahead of it instead. The members can also choose to abstain. They can also spoil their vote as well. We're going to try and do this voting stuff in secret. <laughs> I think that'll be a lot more fun. But obviously, if we can't do that for tech reasons, that's also fine as well. We'll we'll sort it out there, but when the time comes. Once the vote has happened, a, a proposition has been passed, we then move on to the resolution phase. And this is where all those uh, all the sort of uh those stats we talked about earlier, these sort of hench, uh dash, noggin, and bants, that's when it sort of comes into play. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But I thought I'd let you know that it is a democratic game, but I, I expect people to be willingly to screw people over, just like what, what we do in Paranoia, essentially. 
But my dear party, my Ramonas, you start in the wonderful little place, uh, the sort of tube stop known as Islington. And you're on the Victoria line, a very famous line. So famous, in fact, that it's actually not on the tube map. It's not connected and no one ever goes there. But you have heard and your great tales from other parties, like leaving and coming and going, there is a tube stop very far down on the, the southeast of the tube map, the old tube map, a place where other parties are going missing. And you feel very strongly that you will have to suss it out because you know, they might be finding something, might be finding resources. They might be finding a way out. Maybe there's a reason why the event, although we shouldn't talk about the event, has happened. So... That's where you start. You are starting in Islington, and you're going to make your way down to, to basically the south, yeah, southeast, uh, for a place that's known, a tube map, a tube stop, sorry, known as Mog's End. We'll start with Bobby first, and then we'll go for Jason, and then we'll go for Maggie, just to introduce yourselves. What is the beginning of the day? I want you to describe like how you get up and how you're getting ready for your journey. My normal routine is I will wake up, I will try to do the semblance of a what is a shower uh, in, in this place uh, which is just like a jersey wipes basically toilet paper dry toilet paper because it's all we've got um prim and prime myself like use the smallest amount of moisturizer that i've got left over to to, to soften the slowly drying skin um, i'll also do a, a quick a quick run and a few push-ups to keep the body fit and healthy and at the top of the peak of the game that I used to be at basically trying desperately to to keep alive that routine that I had when I was a chief exec I'd be mm -hmm. up at four o'clock in the morning unfortunately I don't have any coffee um, but having some form of stimulant to wake me up and get me going shall we say <laughs> and just being and then, and then putting on that one Armani suit that I've got left, um, picking bit, off little bits of fluff and bit ragged, yeah. Getting a little bit annoyed that the the stitching on the seam is coming off, and that I, I keep remembering I need to find someone who maybe ask Maggie if they know how to sew to maybe fix it, as I've never learned how to do anything uh, like that <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, so I've always had tailors and the like. The fact Ooh. that I've got to make my own stimulant in the morning is a little bit annoying. I, I keep myself maybe apart as well from most people, trying to find the highest part of the tunnel and the biggest, highest room in the tunnels, or like still to try and lord it over everybody, even though there's no lording it over anybody here at the moment. Fair enough. Uh, JT, do you like to oh. introduce yourself? Yeah, um, so my name's... Uh... Jason, and so I, I probably wake up not not quite as as early as Bobby, but I do like to keep an eye on him. So I have trained myself to you know get up maybe at five o'clock instead of four o'clock. Um, just about the time uh, Bobby gets going, I can just you know make sure that when he's in that area, I've got an eye on him. We had a fight on Twitter a while back, and you know we can get into that later. But but yeah, um, I actually have like maybe. 12 uh, little single serve uh, instant coffee packets left that I uh, managed to um, smuggle uh, into uh, into the UK uh, as I was fleeing the uh, the fall of uh, the United States. Um, I listened to um, a pre-recorded voicemail uh, from my former partner uh, or my partner who I haven't heard from since we uh, since we tried to flee the states and um, and yeah so. I've sort of thrown myself into whatever counts as uh, activism down here in the the two by by joining by joining the uh, Jezza's uh, People Party. Uh, ostensibly, we are attempting to uh, do time travel. I'm a little bit like nervous about talking about that with the other party members, though. That's sort of like of it feels a little bit weird. But you know, I sort of uh, check what um, uh, out of character real quick. What is the um, what sort of like tech level do we have access to the internet of any kind is it radio comms what oh um the internet is no longer a thing it is okay. it is this, this is uh, the dark this is this that dark timeline this is the darkest timeline so there's oh wait in that case the internet is rife but we just don't have any way to access it 
Okay. So, it's alive. Um, it became its own thing. Uh, so I assume then that that at some point in the night, um, some kind of note with like directions on on my tasks for the day for the uh, for the People's Front uh, was dropped off by some kind of runner. Um, so I check on that, uh, keep the details of that to myself, and uh, decide that yeah, I'm gonna use one of my uh, one of my little Insta coffee packs, and uh, I count them to make sure none went missing in the night. There's a lot of shady folks around here. And finally, last but not least, uh, Maggie, you, what's your morning routine like before we set off? Uh, Maggie sort of wakes up a little bit slower, you know, by comparison to the rest of the party. She's 67. She's not yet at that age of sort of um, advanced years where she gets up ridiculously early. She's still at that sort of uh, at that level of, of her life where she wakes up and feels her years. You know, Maggie, uh, for a 67-year-old in the in the dystopian apocalypse that is this world, uh, is basically if Julia Childs went Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, she's just sort of... I'm like, with Maggie already, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, she's this big, tall West Country. You know, she worked all her life on the farm, and then she was in London for the recording of the next season of The Great British Bake Off when it all went down. Um, and she's really taken to the apocalypse really well. Um, <laughs> so she knows a fantastic rat stew recipe. Um, she hasn't tried human yet, but should the opportunity arise, she's not willing to rule that out because survival comes first. So she sort of like got the remains of what was once a uh, sort of a, a, a Julia Child's like working apron like pantsuit, uh, but the arms are gone, and she's just got like rolling pins over skulls that she's done herself on both <laughs> of her uh, forearms. Um, her sort of like her now going grey, but her once like um, purple blue hair that that. Yeah. Uh, purple wash that all the ladies get. Her, you know, she takes out her curlers and you know, you know, just sort of like bandanas it up and stuff like that. And she's just you know wielding a rolling pin with a a massive travel bag in like corduroy, like hemp style material. You know, the the really tough bags that look you know Mary Poppins style bag with yes. all her remaining cakes in and potentially the last bag of flour on the planet, which she's saving <laughs> for a rainy day. I love that. I love that idea. You've got a bag of flour goes, oh, I can't just yet. And you're like, <laughs> you do have lots of food on you. So you're like, yeah. why would you use it? So that exactly makes so. total sense. So you, looking at the map itself, this inaccurate map, or what you remember, what has been known about the London Underground, you are sort of up in the northwest corner a little bit, where you are at Islington, and beyond that you can see there's Highbury, there is Cherry Grove, Black Horse Road, Warren Street, Church Street, going off to the uh, west. You know, looking at this map, Mog's it's a very end. Very bizarre map. I've just noticed where Epping is, and that's yes, really. Yes, it's yeah, it's not wow. accurate. It's fine. So you're at the top, and then Mog's end is on right at the bottom. Is on the red line, uh, central line, sorry, and it's at the meeting point with uh, District Line and the Piccadilly Line. Essentially, that's there. So the, you've got the circle on the red, yes. blue, and green. That's exactly it. So that's where you need to get to. It's quite far. And because of the uh, because of the way the encumbrance works in the session, I've worked it out because uh, thankfully we've got that shared document of everything. You can only move per day four stops. And at each stop, you can choose if you want to like search around for uh, supplies or something like that or not at all. But that basically you can move four stops and then you have to rest and wait for another day. So my question to you folks is, which way are you going? Or do you want to go yet? Do you, do you have a plan to do something else? So I guess if you are going to move, you can either go towards Euston, which is on the Northern Line, or you can go towards Warren Street, which is on the Bakerloo Line. One, uh, Baker Street is in the West in this game. Euston is in the East this game. One, two, three. I, I would say we'd head to Euston and then down. That makes sense to me. The Bakerloo line has a lot more stops on it. And if we crossed onto the central line at any point, it would still be a really slow travel just because of how many stops are on that. So it would... However, Bobby is going to pull his, uh, I'm a Londoner, I've lived here my entire life, I know the underground, I'm the big bad boss of, of London... No, we, we've got to take the Bakerloo line. Bakerloo line is the correct way. It is how you get there. 
this is my memory from from what we were before this is what the maps show i don't care what you think that sounds like a proposition then so bobby in terms of navigation bobby has said we should take the baker loo line okay so bobby Please. i'm going to give you a minute on the clock i want you to uh say your arguments for the baker loo line uh starting now so I grew up in London. I have lived my entire life here. I grew up on these, well, not streets. I grew up on the actual streets above ground. I know this tube. I know that the quickest way, it may not look like it on, on, on the map or anything like that on what you think, but the quickest way is we go across to Bakerloo and then we follow that all the way down. That is the route we must take. Even though it looks like it's quicker if we go down the Northern line, but the distance between those stations is a lot further. We'd have to go up and then south, whereas Bakerloo would just keep going south. You've still I've got 25 seconds. <laughs> we, I may have 25 <laughs> seconds, but I'm really struggling how hard to sell this. Um, yes, if we do, if, if we go the other way, you, we'd be walking a lot longer. We don't know what we would be seeing. Bakerloo line, it's safe. Been down there a few times. I've got a few friends down there who get who uh, uh, hook me up every now and then, and well. There's probably some very nice ingredients down there for you. And time, time. Thank you, Bobby. Um, Jason, what would, what would be your argument for or against the proposition of going using the Bakerloo line to get to your destination? So I think at the end of the day, we can we really understand that uh, that Bobby never knows what he's talking about, and he's actually just kind of not a great dude. And I just disagree with his opinions on everything on principle. Uh, given our shared past, so uh, I see the rest of my time to Maggie. Maggie, you've got a minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> well, I'm not really from around here, but there's one thing that I am fairly certain of right now, and that is that Bobby, God love him, is a fucking idiot. So <laughs> the fact that the only time that Bobby has navigated down here was to reach his dealer, which it wasn't lost on me, young man. I'm aware of what friends and shifty eyes mean. I reckon... We do what we best can to understand how many days of traveling we've got. We've got, and now Maggie will open a bag and do a quick count. How many days food supply have we actually got, Fiona? So you've got you've got a lot of food, a lot of yeah. food, but you know you each of you has to eat. And essentially, whenever you use a resource, you roll your so you can, mm -hmm. on this case you would roll a d12. Anytime you roll a one, it goes down. So it's yep. likely that you'll be fine. But also, if you roll three ones, you go from a d12 all the way down to a d6. All right. Well, we've got enough food for what could be a five to seven day journey, depending on which route we take. I'm not opposed to the idea of going to Bakerloo, but if it is, we do this smart. Let's try and find ourselves a map or someone that knows the way. I think right. not too far off, my old assistant is about. And time, and time, that is it. Yeah, your assistant is there with you. Um, yeah, describe describe your assistant actually for us, Maggie. What uh, what do they look like? I, they? I I don't think that Maggie's assistant is actually a person. Excellent. I think Maggie's assistant is a wooden spoon with a pair yes. of googly eyes. Mm. Um, and what is literally again another Mad Max style outfit that Maggie has made. Uh, so the wooden spoon has a pigeon skull or that has been like carefully wrapped on top, war paint style like blackened eyes and stuff like that and uh this is mr cleaver mr cleaver fantastic i'm gonna add that quickly because so, you can't have laughter without slaughter <laughs> so here's the thing mr cleaver because he is your mate, he is uh, my mate and you've described them as an inanimate object that is correct they are also given the time in this party they don't <laughs> say anything <laughs> they don't say anything but you bob them up and down <laughs> Like, you know, and you're like, what's that, Mr. Cleaver? Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and imagine, you, are you wearing a, a red and white spotted dress and have pigtails? Yeah. What's that, Mr. Cleaver? We can't do that to them. He would clean up clean the up mess. mess. Yes, exactly. Very much so. But essentially, just so people know for the voting things, mates always vote with who's with mates, essentially. So I get two votes and one of from the spoon. <laughs> well, so this is so this is what we do. So so let's go to the vote. Um, so if folks want to send me secretly what the vote is, let me know, uh, and we'll go from there. 
So this is voting as to whether we want to go to Bakerloo or yes, not. Yes, the prop. Yes, the proposition is that has been given by uh, Bobby that you should go west to use the Bakerloo line to get to your uh, thing. You can also, I will say as well, you can choose to spoil your vote, so just say something nonsensical to me, uh, which I know you're doing anyway, or choose to abstain. Yes, mates are included in the vote. They usually side with the character they are following. <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right, well, the votes are in, everyone. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> the proposition to go to the Bakerloo line has been rejected uh, three to one. <laughs> Damn you all. <laughs> so, so... Bobby, you sort of like, like you know, all in favour, and you you put your hand up, <laughs> and nobody else does. Uh, so unfortunately, that so we can't get that proposition to go again this day. So even if you go uh, go in a different direction, you can't go towards or you can't use the Bakerloo line this day. But I, I'm open for other propositions or proposals in regards to your navigation. Does anyone want to nominate something? Well, I I, I suppose we could do the other one. What was it? Oh, the Jubilee line. I, I, I vote we go via the Jubilee line. So, uh, is there anyone that wants to give offer in terms of like support or against this now? Because obviously, so we've got Maggie who's, who's raised the proposition that we should use go towards move towards the the Jubilee line. Um, I second that or third it because there's a spoon <laughs> in the break. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a wooden spoon for this. I have so many downstairs. I was not prepared. <laughs> No, I don't think we are. Um, Bobby is not yeah. going to go for it because Bobby knows that that's the longer route and oh, is right. very upset that you've chosen not to go with Bobby. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, those people who have... I'm tempted argued... to go put a suit on, but I think it's too hot for that. So. It's, it's, it's far too warm. <laughs> yeah, do not do that. All right, then. So I would ask those folks uh, to, again, send... Um, Send me your votes. I want to see who. So the proposition is to walk, go move towards the Jubilee line. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So so we'll be travelling along uh, the Picad. No, not Piccadilly. Um, uh, the, the Victoria line. Victoria line. Thank you. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. So you're heading. Yeah. So you you'll probably be moving four stops. And yeah, you'll first hit probably the Northern line, but then the Jubilee yeah. line is always. But you're you're heading east. That is yeah. that is the route you would like to go. Perfect. So we travel to Euston and then on to uh, Waterloo and then from Waterloo to uh, Stratford, I think, and then that way. I sure, think, yeah, that. again, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, oh, the victory. Anyway, so the votes are in, folks. Unsurprisingly, the motion passes three to one. <laughs> Everyone puts their hands up, bar Bobby, uh, including the stick. I like the idea. <laughs> the spoon has a uh, like hands, puppetry. like a little stick. Yeah, puppetry. It's, it's got it's got what those um pipe cleaners and yeah. You, yeah. As you put your hand up, you force you you force the pipe cleaner <laughs> hand up as well. <laughs> exactly. Now we're going to do we're going to do the resolution to this. So we've we've agreed where you're going, <clears> but <throat> we now need to do the second part. Is like, do you actually succeed in where you're going? So we're going to do a navigation roll. Uh, whenever we do rolls in a smog, a smog of cod shadow of mog of cod i know we make up basically a dice pool from our stats any relevant skill that you want to include any mates you want to include and any gear items you want <clears> to include <throat> as well so to start with ideally the main navigation uh, stat i would advise you as a speaker would be to use noggin Mm -hmm. as your stat. However, you do not have to use Noggin. So you choose one of your stats to use for this role. You do this secretly. And you can choose how much of that stat you wish to put in your pool. So for example, if you were going to use Noggin and you had three in Noggin, you can choose to put between one to three in that particular pool. So I'll let you think about that for a second. Like I said, it doesn't have to be that stat, but have a think about it essentially, because I'm going to ask you to justify it at the end. Second part, you may add up to uh, you can add up to further d6s depending on an appropriate skill. So if you think you've got a skill that can work for this, you can add that skill's number into it. So like say for example, if you happen to have I don't know map mapping or something like that, and it's like a one, you can add a d6 into it. You don't have to though, but it's just if you want to. You can also add a d6 up to an item that is relevant from your stuff. This can also include weapons where appropriate, and this is basically your stuff die. So you've got your stat die, skill die, your stuff die, and then finally you've got any d6 up to one of your mates as well. So for example, if Maggie did want to include Mr. Cleaver in it, she can also add a d6 to it as well. 
once you form these individual dice pools, uh, you just got to keep a track of them. You definitely have skills, David. Let me just. I'll 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 get uh, David's skills up if, if you like. Thank you. Um, because that way you can it's, keep running it. Yeah, it's page twenty on yep. the PDF. Uh, David, much. your skills are insider trading, which is three and comes off bants. Free market trading and free market is in uh, quotation style marks, which comes off. Uh, it's a two and it comes off noggin. What was insider trading? What value was it? Three and comes off bants. Yeah, I got that. I just didn't know. Couldn't remember the number. Any more? Sunday Drive Two, which comes off Dash. <laughs> yep. And Tai Chi One, which comes off Hench. Amazing. <laughs> cool. All right. So just to recap, so you need to have uh, a stat die, which could be up to three, because obviously yeah, it's between one and three. Uh, add a relevant skill if you wish to have, add one, or if there is, you know, if you have a relevant skill, add a relevant item slash weapon, and add a relevant mate. You don't have to, but those are just relevant. Basically, the idea is that you have a nice big dice pool between you folks. What I'm going to ask you next, once you've got all that, I'm going to go around and ask you what you've put in and how you're going to justify it. But I want you to make sure that uh, if you're rolling physically, you keep the dice separate. So you know which one's your stat die, you know which one's your stuff die, etc., etc. If you're rolling online, I just try and have different tabs open. Or just be like, this is this die, this is that die, etc. Because it comes important later, depending on what you roll. If we're okay to go with you first, Maggie, can you describe uh, what you're putting in, yep. reveal what you're putting in, and then describe what you're doing to help you get in the right direction? So I'm I'm putting in my uh, cheery uh, my my bant three, mm -hmm. my cheery services skill two, mm -hmm. and I'm putting in my uh, my bake off winning cake, which is one. Um, and what I'm what I'm pushing for here is that we exist around other survivors and groups, and I'm sure someone here used to work on the underground and and is more than happy to help us out because after all, they were those greeters and those helpers were the most cheery people imaginable. So I'm I'm basically asking for assistance in like oh you need to go this way then this way then this way from other people in our surroundings. Perfect. Good to know. Can I ask a quick rules question? Of course. Go for it. So the skills are based upon the, what is yes. usually called an attribute, but is called a stat You're, here. You've got to make sure it is a relevant stat to it. So, for example, if you were using your uh, insider trading thing, what's the stat associated with that, David? Bants. Uh, the stat, I think, was Bants. Yeah, Bants. So you'd have to use Bants in order to use that skill. Okay, so if I, okay, I'll, when it comes to me, I'll... So yeah, if I fine. wanted to, so yeah, no, just as an example, if I wanted to use something like Bants, I would yep. not be able to yep. then use Sunday Drive. It's not related because that's Bants, based no. upon Dash. Exactly, okay. exactly. Jason, can you reveal your pool to us? What are you putting <clears> in, and what can you can you justify how we're going to get through to the Jubilee line? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to use both my uh, two in Dash. And then I'll also put two more in uh, from chasing fox hunters because I'm sort of good at <laughs> I'm good at uh, following following clues and yes. uh, information and science. We and do stuff nothing wrong. We... Why would you chase us? <laughs> uh, but I don't have any stuff. That you do, no stuff that's relevant and no mates are perfect. So you've got a pool of four essentially. That's that's great. Yeah. And then Bobby, what are you putting in? So Bobby's not very happy. Uh, Bobby's not going to help very much. That's Bobby right. is going to use his bants. Yeah, and I was oh, going to use Sunday. I was going to use Sunday Drive, but I can make I can I can work it with Insider Trading. Okay. So I'm going to use one from Bants, and I'm going to use one from Insider Trading, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be a backseat driver. And my okay. Insider Trading is I oh, I know I think I know the underground. Perfect. I Love think it. I know what it is, and I am just going to constantly backseat drive and say, <laughs> no, this is the wrong way. Why are you doing this? Perfect. Why are you not listening to me? Excellent, excellent. No, that's, that is exactly what I want from you folks. Okay, Bobby's rolling two dice, Jason's rolling four dice, and Ma uh, Maggie's rolling six dice? Six, yeah. Bands three, cheery services two, bake, winning, bake off winning cake one. Basically, what you're looking for is the highest number between all of you. So obviously the highest number six, if you get that, that's brilliant. 
the other thing I want to mention is that I normally also would be rolling dice as well. I would be rolling the party anxiety thing, but currently it's at zero because it's starting and nice and lovely, but who knows where we'll go from that as well. Now, I did forget something, but it's going to make sense in this end. But basically, the whole of the underground is dark, pretty dark, so you can't really see much. So it's really, it is quite tricky to get, get to places where you have juice. Though juice is your sort of uh, resource that you can do to lighten up the load. You've only got one in juice, so that's the only thing. So I can say to you now, we'll, we'll say you voted on it a little bit, so you, you can use it if you want to. You can up the lighting around you for the rest of the day so it's not so it goes from like pretty dark to sort of less dark so it's easier to succeed essentially and that's for the rest of the day but it is a one in four chance that you might run out of juice essentially so would you like to make it easier for you on, to succeed on that can i in a, in a way put a motion forward sure and, and i'm doing this I, i've just now thought that my character would actually not do this so i'm going to put it forward as the way that my character would do this sure. um he would bitch and complain and would actually now want you to use that light even though probably sensibly it would be better to save it for a more a time where it's probably more sen sensible but bobby is like yeah let's turn the lights on i don't want to trip over my suit's ruined enough already i need i need to see where i'm going um just to prove a point that you're not going the correct way bobby you're saying please don't yeah, uh, <laughs> Maggie, uh, Jason, any any opposition to uh, increasing the light? Yeah, yeah, we, we know this area. Basically, Bobby. imagine Bobby is going to just always argue the opposite of what is the sensible option. So cool. um, that's fair. I'm gonna yeah. So I'll give that as a freebie because I didn't mention it right at the beginning when we should have set off. So that's my bad on that one. So uh, can somebody roll for me a d4 and let me know what they get? Uh, three, just, three. I, so that's I fine. just like the idea. That that's the same number I rolled as well. So that's good. <laughs> All right, so it goes from pitch dark to shadowy. So the light sort of illuminates this huge big tunnel. So that's brilliant. So that means you only need de uh, decrease the difficulty level. So that's good. So I'm glad I remember that. Okay, so now you're like, all right, we're ready to go. So I need everyone to roll their dice. Let me know how many fives and sixes folk get. We'll do that first. We'll do the fives. What and about sixes first. ones? Ones we'll get to. I got one five or six. I got one six. One six. Got... Okay. Two sixes one six. and one five, so that's three successes. No ones. Brilliant. Uh, one six. Yep. One one. <laughs> which die was the uh, which one? Which die was the one on? The one was on Bants. Bants. Okay. So as you're sort of trundling through, you succeed. Like you, you go in the right direction because you got the highest number, which is six, which means you succeed. Fantastic. The issue, though, is that somebody at the back is blabber mouthing away, blah, 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 to the point where he becomes quite hoarse. So, David, you reduce your bants down by one. Uh, I also rolled a one on my, on one of my stats. What uh, uh, bants on, my dash. on your dash? Yeah, you're getting tired at this point. Anytime you roll a one on your stat, it reduces by one. Okay. Can it go below one? Nope. Hang on. My bants is one. So you go to zero. Yeah. Okay, so we can go below. One. Sorry, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said. Okay, all right, so you've gone to zero. All right, we're now, I need you to make a roll on your bants. I need you to roll on the stiff upper lip table. Very stiff upper lip here, yes, yes. Am I going to get to eat human being faster than I thought? Possibly, at this rate. <laughs> please do. Please, please eat this, this dickhead. <laughs> please let me re-roll. <laughs> You're rolling on stiff upper lip table. Roll a d6 for me. A four. Four. Okay, you have a wobbly upper lip. The characters Max Noggin and Bance are reduced by one. So uh, your Noggin and Bance are reduced by one. So my Bance now goes to minus one? It just goes to zero, essentially. So what? Ha I'll tell you what happens in a second. Uh, so you're at zero and your Noggin will be reduced by one. So what happens is you hear, blah, 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 and then you hear a, Boof! As unfortunately, <laughs> Bobby has talked himself so much, he's talked himself unconscious and he's lying on the floor. But you are <laughs> moving your way slowly to the thing. I'll say by this point, because you've moved a couple of stops. So that, that's your navigation for the rest of the day done, essentially, because you managed that. Yeah, Bobby's on the floor, unconscious. I Order told you we were going away as I trip over and knock myself unconscious. Pretty much. I wouldn't think less of you who to give him a quick swift one between the legs whilst he was unconscious. <laughs> I'm gonna wait for I'm gonna wait for uh, us to run out of juice and it'd be a little darker before I start <laughs> start the kind of shenanigans. All right, that's fair. You can get him back up, uh, possibly. 
Leave um, him. Leave him behind. Uh, Rob him and leave him. Page 72, it says Molly or 24 bongs safe rest. I don't know what that means. 24 oh, so- hours... As in 24 hours? Yes, 24 hours. Oh. Yes, yeah. So as, you, as you're proceeding through, there's like bong, bong, as you're on, on the hour, essentially. You do have some molly on you. So you could, if again, I'm, I'm now, again, is there a proposal to use molly on your uh, currently unconscious friend? I like the deathly silence there. <laughs> it's because there's a jumping forward. <laughs> it's, it's because she said friend. Party member, how's that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think we should like not not a big fan of the this Bobby fellow, if I may, but we need to get moving and just look at him. I just kinda like rub a little bit of dirt off my boots onto his suit as he's like on there on the floor. Just a bit sort of like ostensibly because I'm trying to wake you up, but I'm also just getting your suit suit dirty. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, so that's my that's my are problem. you awake? Are you awake? All right, so uh, the, yes, the proposition uh for the two awake members is using Molly on oh three, of course. Does Mr. Cleaver have any uh <laughs> anything to add to this conversation, Maggie? <laughs> no, Mr. Cleaver, I know he's a pretentious prick. <laughs> but we're not that hungry just yet. All right, all those in favour of uh, bringing Bobby back, say aye. <laughs> Yay, let's get one there. Yay. Yay. Yeah, makes sense. All right, um, <laughs> can somebody roll me a D4? Because that's how much molly you've got, so let me know what you get. Well, David put it into the party, so David should roll it. All right. If we use the molly, we eat him tomorrow. This is where my own molly kills me, isn't it? I know. No, it doesn't kill you. You just might run out of it. Oh, Jesus Christ, David. You got a one. Oh you know God. me in dice. I do. You, know, you should right. know that I will always roll a one. So first up, you you heal up uh, your bants to one. That's good. But then I need you to roll on the stiff upper lip chart again. God's sake. Oh, God, he rolled a one this time. <laughs> did, you, did you roll a one? A d6 on a one? Rolled a one. All right. Total loss of stiff upper lip. The character breaks down entirely and is no longer able to function. They are out of the game. The party anxiety increases by two. <laughs> Nothing can help help you now. We didn't even. I move just anywhere. OD'd. Just we made OD'd. a. I say we made a day, and Bobby has OD'd on Molly, and is this one is this one clearly wasn't Molly. It was meant to be Molly, but it isn't Molly. This is this is where you really should not have gone down the Bakerloo, Ryan. My dealers hate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you, David. How does your character exit this this part of the one shot? <laughs> Who's gonna administer the molly? Jason proposed it, so I guess I will. Jason waves it under my nose. Um, I like <laughs> shoot bolt upright, and as I shoot bolt upright. I forget that it's probably doing it on a spoon or something to kind of, <laughs> and it just goes straight into my oh. eyeball. <laughs> it just kind of goes straight through because it's such a powerful molly that mm-hmm. it just kind of, and I'm, I'm still awake for, for for like two or three minutes. I'm like, yeah, what, what, what? Nothing's wrong here. It's just yeah. the drugs. As we're, as we're looking at, you know, because... Spoon, there's only one spoon about here. So it's just you with Mr. Cleaver jammed through your eyes. <laughs> Mr. Cleaver, no. Not again, Mr. Cleaver. This is the third time. Where is Mr. Cleaver? I can't see Mr. Cleaver anywhere. It's, it's, dark. it's dark now. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Go to your sweet rest, summer child. Go to your sweet And long live Bobby. Though he was brief, <laughs> brief, but he was, had an impact on all of us. I'm gonna grab the grab the spoon out and just look at it. Be like, uh, like a flashback to like watching Castaway and like the bloody Wilson uh, volleyball, <laughs> and just like hand it back to Maggie and be like, you know what? I don't just take it. The awful thing is that with Bobby's blood, it actually looks more realistic, like a person now. Like, like bit of viscera has given it hair. It's got a grin. It's like, oh dear. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, let's let's call a break there. I know we've not gone very far. We'll get a new character. I'm for David. fine. 
So we'll call a quick break and then we'll, we'll, we'll work out how to get get a new person back into the thing. We'll make it up because you, you will make it to four stops, essentially, because well, you did that role. In which case, we would be making it to uh, Euston, which was four stops. So Perfect. that's a major hub. Perfect. And then we will meet the new character there. So, all right, we'll, we'll have, that, have that break. David, you stay on the call and I will go through your character sheet again. I'm, I'm, I'm off. I've had enough. No. <laughs> Will the Ramonas ever get to their final destination of Mog's End? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howard. This episode's players were David, Ben and JT. This episode's RPG was Shadow of Mog, post-Brexit tabletop RPG, written by Paniotis Lyons and published by Leyline Press. You can find out more information about Shadow of Mog and get your own copy on the Leyline Press's website. That's leyline.press. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon, twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers may not apply. <laughs>